Hello, and welcome to the Midwest Mountain Sports Report, where the air is thin and the only coasts are lake shores. I'm your talking head, Jamie, and joining me this week for the Sports Report is my co-host, Chad. Welcome, Chad. Skull Vikings. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. How are you? Oh, doing well, doing well. Coming off another fabulous sports weekend in NFL. That's right. <laughs> and <laughs> with that, we'll just get into the weekend recap. So it was a... I think things kind of got back to normal this weekend. Some teams won who were supposed to, some teams lost who were supposed to, and let's just start with the Vikings. I'm going to cede my time to you, I'll be honest. There are these weekends where the matchups may not be great, and I may have other stuff going on, so I just kind of skipped the Vikings game this weekend. Yeah, well, and I think I've said before, like usually like the first quarter of the season, I don't really, you know, I'm not, don't pay super close attention. Like I'm not watching like every single minute of the game. Uh, but I did tune in. I did watch pretty much the entire fourth quarter. Um, I was kind of randomly checking into the game and seeing like that not a lot was happening. I, t- I tuned in right when it was getting very exciting. I think we were down to like the final seven, six, seven minutes of the game. The score was still, I want to say, 16 to six at that time. So a 10 point lead with that much time left against um, a team that's winless should be kind of like a shoe in. Was there like an interception that that turned the tide of the game or I mean, I'm trying to think here, like what happened? No, but OK, so I think then like the Lions, I think they kicked like another field goal. So it was like 16 to nine or whatever. And the Vikings, you know, <clears throat> had the ball, you know, there's like down to like what, two and a half minutes and just time to like run the clock down. But they're very, very conservative, didn't even like attempt to pass did like three running plays didn't really gain much and then on that third running play i think that's when uh, madison fumbled the ball then lions go down score they didn't have very far to go or sc- score touchdown i mean made it look super easy and then lions do a ballsy move here like big balls they instead of going for the extra point to tie they go for the two-point conversion and they succeed so then they're up by one point so now the Vikings get the ball back. I'm, there's like an under minute left. I want to say there's maybe like 27 seconds or 37 seconds or something like that. Not a lot of time. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he led them down the field and got him in range to kick a 55 yard field goal on the kicker. Nick uh, Joseph nailed it, which is funny though. Like Joseph's kick before that, which would have given the Vikings like a 13 point lead and probably would have sealed the deal he missed a 49 yard field goal and it wasn't like wide left or wide, right. It was like short (laughs) by like a yard. It was just weird. Um, Just a weird game. Vikings play calling seemed really conservative. Yeah. That was kind of a a unprepared recap of the final, (laughs) final minutes of that game. But one thing I had coming out of that is, is just listening to some like the, the criticisms of the game. And it just made me think of any time like an NFL team plays another team with like a losing record or a winless record. The idea is is that, oh, your team should go in and blow them out 50 to nothing. But that's that's just not how the NFL works. (laughs) And I'm not trying to like defend the Vikings or I'm not trying to be a homer, but I try to be realistic about these two because I think I I think I told you last week that it was a division game. It was probably going to be tough. Most of them always are, so um, I didn't expect it to be as crazy down at the end. But um, 
Uh, cheers for the Vikings for pulling out um, a victory from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> right. I was about to apologize to Greg Joseph for hitting the game-winning field goal, but I did not know that he missed one, which led to the second game-winning field goal. So I'll, uh, I'll hold that apology for a later date. You know, it's if you look back at the, the Lions games through this season, I mean, it was just two weeks ago when they had the Ravens on the the ropes and the only way the Ravens won is because they kicked like a 64 yard field goal to win it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's what it is. I just, you a win is a win and you know, you just move on to the next game. Um, I have, as a Vikings fan, I'm worried about the play calling though. It seems like they were like rolling really at the, since the second half of that Bengals game to start week one in a week two against what was it? The Arizona Cardinals and mm-hmm. then against the Seahawks, you know, and after they kind of stumbled against the Browns and they kind of looked like the same too last week. Yeah. And, and we'll see. I hear people say this um real quick before we move on about different teams that they don't want to, you know, they don't want to um, put a ton of stuff on tape for harder opponents. Is there any possibility that they, that's the reason they're playing so conservative against the Lions just to save the big plays or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know like how much I, I buy into that though, too. Cause it's like, well, are you going to do that? The risk of possibly throwing your game. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you, you got to play the matchups that you get for each opponent, regardless mm-hmm. of who your opponent is, I think. And I just, the, the Vikings look like they could have maybe thrown the ball a lot more than they did against the Lions, um, especially in that first half. Justin Jefferson had 104 or 114 yards receiving mm-hmm. in that first half, um, and he was getting wide open. I mean, they couldn't defend him, so yeah, I know we'll see. I mean, it's weird because I, I still think the Vikings are, for the most part, a, a very talented team, and I think they can go toe-to-toe with any team. It's just... I don't know. Maybe it's because when you go through five O coordinators in five years, there's a lack of consistency in your offense. So, and the fact that they've been struggling with offensive line for almost a decade. Yeah, yeah, that that does seem to be the the dam they or the hole in the dam that they cannot plug is the offensive line. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I just, you know, you hear these um, things mentioned on the sports shows, but that doesn't. I, I don't think it's relevant here. And to your point, they had to win this game. You know, they're they're going to be one in five tied with the Lions if they lose with the Panthers to play before the bye week. It's, you know, basically their season was on the line, I would say. So Yeah, totally. Um, okay. All right. Then. Do I move into your topic of the week or do you have a Broncos recap? Oh, I can do this so fast. I I missed the Broncos game, um, but I did watch Bills versus Chiefs. Rain delay in there, so it was a long game. I still fell asleep because it was so long. Um, so my only questions here are, is Dawson Knox the new Travis Kelsey? Kelsey's averaging 12.18 fantasy points per week. He had that like two-point dud of a week. Knox is averaging 11.22. And just kind of watching that game, it was clear that um, Mahomes didn't look right. Josh Allen looked amazing. I mean, I, th- I still think the Chiefs are going to figure it out. Um, but yeah, he, Mahomes was missing some throws. And obviously, teams have figured out Travis Kelsey. They're just going to double him up and bully the hell out of him. But uh, 
Knox is kind of in that sweet spot where this was like his coming out party almost. It's like, oh, Dawson Knox, great option for Allen. Um, so, yeah, with that all said, I just want to point out now that the Broncos are still better than the Chiefs. Um, they have them <laughs> in the division standing still. I promise to continue to point this out. They're 3-2. and two, The Chiefs are 2-3. and three. Most hilarious of all, the Broncos have a greater point differential. They're plus 26 to so the Chiefs minus 9. And this is where the numbers get deceiving. You don't, obviously, anyone who's been watching knows because the Chiefs' defense is historically awful. They've given up 163 points, which looks like the highest in the NFL. It absolutely is, um, with 154 points for. You know, in the Broncos, it must be said, have only given up 76 points. Granted, they've played three of the worst teams in the league, but they're only a handful of teams with double-digit points against, so that still bears mentioning as well. Okay. Anyway, now let's move into the main segment. Chad, I'm really excited for this one because I think that um, it's called Defend Your Franchise. And the spirit of this, you know, whenever you think of um, any major league, the NFL, you think of the Patriots, think of the Packers, sorry, um, or in this era, the Chiefs, you know, these historic franchises who have more than one Super Bowl victory and you know, are they they draw fans from out of market teams with baseball? It's the Yankees, not so much this century. Um, I guess it'd be the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Giants, NBA. It's the Celtics, it's the Lakers. So, you know, we kind of have these teams in the Midwest who um, are sometimes relevant, often relevant, or never relevant, and it becomes so hard to to be a fan of these teams. I think um, the Colorado Rockies are the main one I have trouble with just because they have been so bad for so many years. So what I call this is defend your franchise because I think there's times where, you know, being a fan is a lot of work. You put time, energy, and money into watching these teams and for them to make questionable choices with personnel, with money, um, sometimes they move the franchise entirely. So I am wondering, do the Vikings deserve your fandom? Chad, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought this up um, because I've been struggling with this, struggling with this, Um, not struggling being a Vikings fan, just with like fan and fandom in general. It's, um, you know, if (laughs) if your team isn't winning, you know, it's it's frustrating, but at the same time, I'm not going to only follow the Vikings because they're a winning team kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I could look back. I think I think a lot of people right now are uh, frustrated with the franchise. But in right now, a lot of people have been calling for like Sims head to roll, you know, for a while, I feel like. And I think you just need to like, like pump the brakes a little bit and think because before we had Zim here, like, I don't know if you guys remember like the, the Leslie Frazier era or the um, Brad Childress era or the Mike Tice era, you know, like those are the things we had after Denny Green, who was Denny Green was also a great coach. And um, I think with a lot of those, like, you know, Super Bowl run failures and just kind of like the, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, chokes or playoff 
runs that were, you know, very disappointed. For example, it just makes me think of 98, Wide Right, um, 2000, 41 Donut, uh, 2009, uh, 12 Men in the Huddle Across the Body, <laughs> Interception, uh, when the Vikings could have just, were so close to just kicking a field goal to ice the game and go to the Super Bowl against the Saints. Um, but at the same time, those are all like, even though that they're disappointing, I still feel like they're great experiences. I've had lots of great experiences watching the Vikings over the years, um, seeing lots of great players, lots of fun moments. And I think especially over the last two decades, um, but even, oh wait, I want to go back to like, I think people are also forgetting what it was like before the, the Wilf era <laughs> in Vikings history too, like the era when Red McCombs had the team and really wasn't investing in the team. So, uh, those are some really hard years of football, football to watch. And um, yeah, I just do they deserve it? I think so. Um, there's lots of cool things the team is doing. The team has been evolving. I mean, we have the skull chant. I think that's one of the coolest things in the NFL to see that every weekend when they play at home. So I love that. Uh, the player history. I mean, <laughs> we had probably one of the greatest running backs of all time until he I don't know, whatever he did, but um, in Adrian Peterson. And then, um, you know, we had like the Randy Moss, Chris Carter era. We had that awesome season <laughs> with Brett Favre. I mean, however you may think of him, you know, as a person, but as a player, that 2009 season was pretty magical here in Minnesota. It was a lot of fun. Um, that season included like the uh, not Greg Joseph, <laughs> um, Greg, uh, shit. I can't remember his name now. Oh my heavens. What's his name? I'm blanking. Greg Jennings. No. Anyway, is that the 2000 season with uh, Brett Favre when they had like that last second, um, touchdown at the back of the end zone to beat the 49ers. I think it was only like week two or week three of that season, but that and we had like the miracle play which i think is even though like the next weekend they got blown out by the eagles but that miracle play with Diggs was probably one of the greatest plays in vikings history um so i, I think you can you can you can relish like things like that and games like that even though the end result wasn't like a championship and still be a fan of the team um I th I just get I just get kind of tired around at least Minnesota sports fans around here about being so down and negative about the teams and you know stuff like that. I kind of went on on a tireless rant there, but um, no, that is exactly. Did I make my case? <laughs> that is exactly what this segment is for. So yeah, I wanted to know, um, like you said, who are the who are the players? Who are the eras that justify it? Because I have I have Chris Carter football cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have um I don't have Adrian Peterson, but that was a great era. And, you know, I, I got to see him run in a playoff game. It wasn't his best. It was the twenty sixteen Ice Bowl, TCF Ice Bowl loss to the Seahawks. But yeah, I mean those are you know, those are memories that you carry forever and you know, that was a great game in spite of the loss. So I think that, um, you know, I like what you said about you can't just 
be a fair weather fan you need to kind of write it out with them when they're having a bad season um i guess in preparation for future weeks is there a line though that they cross where it's like you know what i've been a fan for so long and the reason i ask is because i nearly got there this season with the rockies after not tenuring nolan arenado and but still paying his enormously large contract i was just thinking you know what if the front office is going to continue to mismanage this team why am i going to keep watching so is there any line that they might cross that would make you think what are you guys doing you're really pushing my limits here there's been times where i haven't watched but i still check the the box score okay in i don't know nfl is like my favorite Mm-hmm. favorite league to watch if you're in minnesota like what if you like football like who are you gonna watch then like who are you gonna pick i mean yeah i guess if the vikings are not having a great season i always fall back on the cowboys and the nice thing about that is they get a lot of um nationally televised games yep so i could see them a lot more um but yeah that would I be just, my answer too you have to go out of market if you live here and you're not a vikings fan yeah, and I just don't. I'm. This is like I'm. I'm just actually a couple years into this. This feeling of yeah, I'm going to follow the Vikings. They're my team to watch, and I'm always going to hope that they do well. And regardless of moves that they make, I'm hoping that something comes out of it. And I'll be disappointed if they don't do well. I don't know. I just feel like the organization is still being run better now than it has in my in the past, for the most part from my memory since I've been following the Vikings, which I've been following the Vikings fairly closely since night, probably like 1991 where I'm like watching like every game um, or maybe 1990. So about the time I actually moved here from Texas. So, and you would still say right now it's the best it's ever been just from an organizational standpoint. Better than I've, that since I've been a fan. Okay. Fair. Since I can remember, I mean, fair. I don't know. It's just <laughs> I'm actually again, like I said, I'm, I'm just coming into this in the last couple of years that because I used to watch games and get super pissed, super mad, like yelling at the TV kind of thing. And then but on the flip side of that, like screaming and yelling, like when something good happens. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of balanced my emotions <laughs> while <laughs> watching football. And I think some of that, too, has come with having kids. Yeah. But the, and part of that is is I don't have as much time just to sit and watch football Mm -hmm. um, like I used to. But with that aside, I just get frustrated with like occasionally I'll listen to. I love listening to like the fan line on KFAN, KFAN. Like after I love listening to it after like a win, because like people still call in and just cry and moan. And like everyone thinks that they could be a GM and know what plays the run just because (laughs) everyone's played Madden. Um, Everyone thinks you should always go for it on fourth down. And I don't know. I just get frustrated that I'm I'm okay with knowing that, you know, how many teams there's 32 teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's going to be 31 i know there's going to be 31 disappointed fan bases this season yep (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) so i'm i don't know maybe that's uh maybe that's the 
that's the kind of look outlook you have on it when your team just doesn't have that strong history of doing well. But I don't know. I mean, there's been lots of great moments as a Viking fan watching Vikings football over the years, you know, so like right when I say that, like I think about the time when <laughs> I'm just talking about that just made me think about uh, I think it was maybe it was in the early 90s and the the Vikings were an underdog. They went to San Francisco and this is back in the San Francisco Steve Young era, I believe. And the Vikings go into San Francisco and they upset. But no, I mean, I just think of like I just was looking this up. It was, I was looking like who's had like the worst record over the last five seasons. You know, and the, Vi- the Detroit the- Lions. And the Vikings don't fall on that list. I think the worst is like the Jets. <laughs> yeah. It's like Jets, Light Lions. And I think, I don't want to bring this up, but I think the Broncos <laughs> How fall, dare into, you? fall into that category. But I'm just saying, like, what I, I mean, you as a Broncos fan, like, how do you feel like about the Broncos, like decisions that they're making versus the Vikings? Well, kind of thing. Not to, think- not to take the Vikings out the conversation, but. No, and it's it's a good question. I'll uh I'll save my full um feelings on it for uh defend your franchise in a different week. But um just to kind of answer it shortly right now, it's it's been pretty bleak after the Peyton Manning Super Bowl. But what am I going to do? Am I going to be mad that we won a Super Bowl five years ago? No, it was awesome. We destroyed the Panthers like I knew we would. I knew everyone was high on Cam Newton. It was his MVP season. And everyone just kind of took the Broncos defense for granted. And I did mm-hmm. not. I knew that they were as vicious and as dominant as they were. And it was awesome. It was awesome to see everyone proved wrong and the Broncos to just kind of roll. And, yep. you know, it's and if we have to stink after that because your coaches get fleeced, you can't keep up with all the contracts. I think I think Von Miller and Brandon McManus might be the only two holdovers that have to double check the roster from that um super bowl team but um yeah but i mean that's you know i'm i'm not gonna be mad that we won a super bowl this decade so it's yeah it's obviously it sucks you you want to win every year but you know that's not realistic and we've had um trouble at the quarterback position since and honestly we have before peyton manning since john elway so defense has always kind of been their identity and they build around that. Um, and then the goal is wait until a franchise quarterback becomes available. Lately it's been through, you know, free agency. So no. we'll see. You'd love to see him draft one, but they've swung and miss a couple times on that. Um, I, I just refer to in my sports column, every six foot, whatever um, white quarterback <laughs> who's mediocre, but I just call him Brock Landers. Brock Landers is a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> That's it's like uh, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Paxton Lynch. But now we have Teddy Bridgewater, which is still it's still great. I know they've lost back to back, but, you know, he he's competent. He can move the ball. Um, he can just sustain a drive. I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. so happy to have Teddy in Denver. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it is it's it is hard to find a quarterback because I think back to the Vikings then because we had like the say like the Culpepper era right which I thought mm-hmm. Culpepper was a pretty good quarterback yeah. um he had some interception problems here and there but overall he can like really he could really I just remember like the first 
Vikings game I went to that was like a regular season game was mm-hmm. like the season opener and Tim throwing five touchdown passes against the Cowboys. <laughs> so, which was a crazy game. I think it was like 28, three or something crazy at halftime, but, Oh, that's awesome. And those games are the reason that, you know, you wake up and watch football on Sunday. Yeah. And just made me think of like, then after Culpepper, after he was injured, he was done and he gets traded. Like when, I think when the Wilfs come in new regime and, um, then we have quarterback problems for, you know, seven years, <laughs> Yep. you know, until we get the season with Favre and then we have quarterback problems, <laughs> you know, yep. like a yep. fail, like we had, this is like the Ponder era. I mean, it was just bad quarterbacks. Then we have Teddy, he was ascending and then he had that brutal in- injury in practice. So, so that's why I'm okay with cousins. I think cousins is a good quarterback, but when, shits on the line and he needs to like you know perform under pressure he's iffy but yep. i'd rather have him than case keenum <laughs> you know as my starting quarterback yeah no i mean that's fair i'm i'm not as high on Kirk cousins like you said it's so hard to find a starting quarterback that who can do all of those things and stick around for your franchise so yeah, I just yeah. have to say, I mean, it's nice to have a quarterback finally, too, where like every time he throws the ball, you're just not like, is he going to throw a pick? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. like that, that feeling. So and I know what that feeling is like, you know, it just makes me think of like the years when we had like, do you remember Kelly Holcomb? Probably I not. But no. he was a Viking starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like going through stuff like that. Like, you know, Kelly Holcomb was our starting quarterback when we had Adrian Peterson in his rookie season. So it's, yeah, I mean, the the quarterback carousel, I'm glad that it's over. Good. Uh, there's all well, other things that need to be patched up. So, I mean, you can't have the perfect team. Everybody can't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, so you got to figure it out. Right, right. You're right. You got to figure out how to beat those guys. Um. All right. Well, I am going to pivot to our last segment, Chad. So, Final verdict, defend your franchise. The Vikings are worth sticking around for. They're going to deliver. And I just got to say, when they do win the Super Bowl, because it's going to happen, it's going to be mayhem here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. For a city that so deserves a franchise championship. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, All right, we're going to end the week as we always do with Final Fantasy. I will... Again, apologize for the wrong week for A.J. Green. Um, he had two targets and one catch for the Cardinals against San Francisco, but they won that game 17-10, so it was not a high-scoring Kyler affair. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins was the only relevant Cardinals offensive weapon. Um, so, again, A.J. Green's not a long-term play. We have the bye weeks coming up, and just to keep it simple and sweet, um, you know, I've... The, it's kind of a running joke now. I've, I've been a week off for all of my projections, so I'm going to try and look ahead and you know see if I can peer into the crystal ball a bit. Um, I just, I'm just sending out a reminder that Michael Thomas might be available in your league. Ever heard of him? One of the Saints' all-time great receivers. Kind of fell off a bit due to injury um, the past couple seasons, but he's only rostered in 79% of Yahoo leagues. Um, the Saints are on by this coming week. But man, do they have a cakewalk of a schedule the next four weeks. So they 
have the Seahawks, the Buccaneers, who sneakily have no secondary. Everyone can throw on the Bucs. Um, and Jameis Winston revenge game, perhaps. Um, the Falcons and the Titans. So it's, you know, like I said, Thomas has not been his the his old self but shoot with that kind of schedule it's definitely worth a flyer with the bye week coming up i don't have a fantasy i don't have a fantasy pick this week Mm -hmm. um but i will say i missed on kj osborne last week and i don't think he's going to do anything against the panthers this upcoming weekend but i just want to say buyer beware if you're playing fantasy and you're choosing a player just because it looks like they have easy matchups coming up Mm mm-hmm like my conversation earlier about the NFL and the Vikings game against the Lions, you never know how those games are going to actually actually match up when game day arrives. Right. So you will not be adding <laughs> Michael Thomas from the waiver wire <laughs> for my, my virtual waiver wire this season. No, maybe players like that are always good just to pick up, even if you're not going to play them and just see how, how they start going, how they start rolling. But yeah, yeah, if you don't have Justin Jefferson on your lineup, I mean, mm-hmm. come on. He's got to be he's going to be like top five wide receiver this season, if not number one or two. Oh, easily. I don't have him, though, so I have to plug some holes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, you want to want to close us out? Yep. Well, thank you all for joining us today. This has been the Midwest Mountain Sports Report. Um, I just want to shout out upcoming this week. We have some baseball playoffs to be hashed out. The fate of the Astros and the White Sox are to be decided. The Brewers and the Braves and the Giants and the Dodgers. The Red Sox bested the Rays, much to my chagrin. Goodness me, can someone stop that wicked pisser of a franchise? I'm so sick of those guys. The NHL starts this week, um, today in fact. The Penguins play the Lightning, and the newly minted Seattle Kraken take on the Golden Knights, and that's on ESPN now. ESPN has hockey. Hooray, which means ESPN Plus has hockey. So I'm excited hockey's back. We'll probably work hockey into the rotation a little bit. Um, That's it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye.